Hey everyone, welcome to the Spirit of Missions podcast brought to you by the Student Missionary Union of Biola University. Here on this podcast, we seek to expand awareness of the missions field through cultural immersion and firsthand testimonies from our brothers and sisters sharing the good news of the gospel to the world. My name is Jack Burns, and here with me today is Angelica, excuse me, excuse me, now that's a first actually, Angelica Saldana and Estefany Ramirez. Um, both of them are seniors at Biola University. Angelica is the local missions director of SMU at Biola, and she's an elementary ed major with a concentration in intercultural studies. And Estefany is a broadcast and journalism major with a minor in intercultural studies. And yeah, so thank you guys for coming. <laughs> thanks yeah, for thank you so us. much for inviting us. We're yeah, so excited thanks, to be here. Thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, to start things off, I want to know a little bit more for, from you guys. What has drawn you towards missions in general? I can go. Um, so for me, um, my family, we have grown up in the church. Like ever since I was a kid, I've lived in the church. Um, my dad was actually a pastor for a bit and my mom was too for a bit as well. And so she served constantly. So I didn't really realize that that was local missions. I just thought it was like, you know, serving your community, being a neighbor. Um, but then in high school, God really drew me to like understand more of global missions. And then now in college, he's just steered my heart to be it local wherever I may find myself to serve and be partnered with my neighbors. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like the question of like, have you been drawn to missions? Like it's so big. And I really think the answer is just God. Hmm. Um, so when I was around 15 years old, that's when I moved, I grew up in Mexico. Then I moved to the United States and at 15, um, I started to gain a little bit of curiosity of like what was missions all about um so i actually went ended up going on a short-term missions trip of one week to cabo san lucas in mexico hmm. and it was actually a horrible experience like wow. it was so bad i came back and i was like i'm never going on missions ever again um obviously that changed but like three years later when i was 18 i started getting a cur like curious again and that's actually because I met a missionary and I've never met a missionary ever in my life uh, and so I met someone who was doing missions in the city of Ensenada in Baja California mm -hmm. and um, and I was just blown away by like the stories that he was telling and I was just like whoa I'm an adrenaline junkie and he was like yeah I was in the village and they were gonna kill me and I was like oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> obviously it's not cool but just like that story just like made my adrenaline like just like be pumping all over my body and I was just yeah. like oh my gosh that's amazing wow and so uh with that I started like kind of getting that in my heart of just like hey maybe I shouldn't just give up on just missions because of one bad experience you know mm -hmm. um and so I started looking into different opportunities and I ended up going like of all places I ended up going to India which wow. is like not really a place that you go to if you're just barely trying to get to know missions you know <laughs> you kind of like start by doing local stuff and you know your neighboring city and things like that to get used to serving and being in that environment of course but I was like no we gotta do it Stephanie style <laughs> so I went all the way to India <laughs> I love that and yeah and it was just like 
it was just three weeks, but like God just truly like transformed my heart and just, yeah, just really showed me like his heart for the lost. And after like the last day that I was there, I was like, I think I want to be a missionary full time. Mm -hmm. This was before Biola because I'm a transfer student. Yeah. So I was like, what if I just do like YWAM and like Mm -hmm. not go to school anymore? Because I yeah. really feel called to missions, you know. Um, and of course, God was like, no, if you're going to come and serve me, you got to do it with excellence, you know. And you still have things that you need to work on before wow. you can truly serve me well, you know, in the nations. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, God, I'll come back. I'll go to Biola. <laughs> yeah. But since that, since that point, like that calling and that just heart for the lost and for the nations. And for me specifically, the way the Lord called me, like it is for those unreached places um, has Mm. just continued to grow and grow even more. So yeah, that's kind of like a long story to say, God just put that in my heart. (laughs) But wow, that's that honestly, I think that's something that's so beautiful is taking something that was previously um, unfortunate experience with missions and Mm. then really redeeming it with a new experience. I think that's wonderful. I think also like, could you expand a little bit more on what was so poor about your first experience and then how was that redeemed in your second experience? Oh my gosh. I think you're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think like, honestly, I think it's a great conversation for us to have about missions in general because sometimes it can be ineffective and there are better ways to do missions. So I mean, obviously, don't say anything that'll get you in trouble. I don't want that. But I think it'd be great for our listeners to really hear about what your vision from missions is from good good experiences you've had with missions. Yeah, yeah, totally. So without saying names of organizations or people. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was 15. So everybody else was young adults. So they were around like their early 20s. So I was significantly younger than everybody else. Mm. Um, And they kind of let me go because I, I don't know, adults, like I grew up where like adults told me I was like very mature, whatever that means, and doing quotations, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, so they let me go, but I was, yeah, significantly younger than everybody else. And it was just honestly, at that point, I noticed the things that were wrong, but now, even now that I know more about how to truly do sustainable missions, and I'm like, no, this trip should have never happened. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of immaturity. Um, the leaders, although they had a lot of experience, they didn't really, they didn't really know how to lead us well. Um, and so people being immature and like partying oh wow during their mission trip which is like you shouldn't be doing that you know like we get it you're an adult that's cool but like you're there to serve the lord you're there to serve on people to love on people like how can you do that when you're thinking about your own enjoyment about your own entertainment you know yeah um so um that's what for me like i'm, I'm really young right like i'm 15 uh just seeing my these people who are my leaders you know who are older Mm. than me who are my role models just like just getting drunk and doing dumb stuff during a trip Mm. so that was like one part of it that in the moment that was just like really really sad and heartbreaking for me Mm -hmm. um but afterwards now that i've learned more it's just like the ministry was not sustainable at all we literally never preached the gospel like 
Wow. One time. And we had plenty of opportunities to do so. And we just didn't. Hmm. Uh, and like through like taking like, for example, like cultural anthropology and things like that, we learn about like how, like the many ways that just, uh, that just visiting a country for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you know, and bringing resources can be a lot more help, more uh, hurtful than helpful. Hmm. And so we were out there like taking, uh, you know, toothpaste and toothbrushes and like food. But then yeah. like we give them that for one day, but then the next day they don't have anything else. So mm. we're naturally partnering with people there and we're not truly mobilizing uh, and empowering the local people who are more than capable than doing that for themselves, yeah. you know? Uh, so yeah, now it's yeah. like, that should have never happened, but you know what? It's okay. We live <laughs> and we learn. Hey, absolutely. That's very true. And you mentioned this idea of sustainability with missions and being around you guys long enough. I've definitely heard it, heard it from you guys. You have done a great job expressing that to the people on your team. But for our listeners, I'd love to hear you guys explain again, just your goal and what the idea of sustainability and missions really looks like, especially in SMU. Yeah, I think I think it's important when you're entering into any community, whether it's your own for the first time or one across the country or globally, um, that you're partnered with a church, you're partnered with a local church organization. Um, Short-term missions has a really bad rap, and it's for reasonable reasons because mm-hmm. people enter into a community assuming the needs of a community, and then um, sometimes they raise all these funds, and unfortunately, like their efforts aren't actually helpful in any way. And sometimes it's hurtful and continuing the cycle of um, poverty, whether it's like emotional poverty, mental poverty, spiritual poverty, but oftentimes we focus on physical poverty. And then we drown people with these physical material things, which is needed in some cases, but in some cases it isn't. And really they just need empowerment and encouragement and mentorship or walking alongside them Mm. in whatever ways they allow us to because it's their community it's their family um or maybe it's your own community and i know for me lately i'm trying to understand more of the needs of my community because it changes constantly Hmm. um and so yeah that's like i think especially for sustainable missions what we do at smu is we partner with um organizations that um are inside their community they're part of the community um they know the needs there they've been invited to be there yeah. Um, and they're there consistently. So they're a consistent presence. And then they allow us to partner with them on projects or ministries that they do that are helpful in the community. And they're always different because every community is different. Yeah. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Do, do you guys have an example maybe for maybe one for local, one for global, or if you guys have a combined example of times in the past, maybe that SMU has done that or opportunities in the future that SMU is looking to do that in maybe a specific environment? Yeah, so SMU has been working for the last couple of years on this thing called the MO project, which is the Missions Organization Project, Okay. in which we focus instead of just, because before, uh, the, our student leaders who are leading these trips, right, they would just kind of have like, hey, the world is your oyster, pick any organization in any place wow. in the world. And so sometimes we would go and visit this place in this ministry one time and literally never contact them ever again. Mm. And that is just so wrong. 
Um, and so now what SMU is mo moving towards and what we've been doing this last couple of years is that instead of just the world is your oyster, is we know this organizations, this, you know, three, four, five organizations that are doing good, sustainable, lasting uh, like ministry in these locations. People like mm. these are, are organizations who are partnering, who are empowering the local people. Like we look for organizations that partner with local churches that they don't go and plant new churches necessarily, but that, hey, I'm going to train you as a pastor and how you can continue to grow your church that's already here. Hmm. You know, because the church yeah. is not building. So it makes no sense to have three buildings, you know, churches that are half empty. We can just have one that's already there, that God has anointed yeah. and called that person to be pastor in that, in that place. Uh, we'll just give you whatever else you need to be able to make that come true. Yeah. Um, and we'll invest in your community and in your ministry for the next 5, 10, 15 years or forever it may be. Um, so we look for those kind of organization and those kinds of ministry that we can say like, hey, if you're doing that, we'd love to be a part of that. And we'd love to commit to continue to go to this place for the next four years, you know. And so then what ends up happening is that if you are a member who is their first time going into a mission strip or your first time doing missions, you go mm -hmm. to this place the first time as being member, you know, then the next time you go as leader. And wow. now you got to not only end the thing is too that like missions doesn't just happen during the trip. You know, mm -hmm. all the space before, like during and afterwards is places like where you are talking to your friends about this place. You are praying for this place. You're sending emails, you know, to the people in this place. You know, mm -hmm. you're keeping up. And so that, like this way, it's not just like, a, oh yeah, I was in Costa Rica for a week. It's like, no, I've been, invest I've been invested in this place, you know, hmm. for this whole year. Yeah. And I'm going to visit them again this next year, you know. So it's just a great opportunity for people to truly uh, think of missions in a, like, in a way that makes a long impact and really building relationships. Because that's what, that's what missions is, you know. We're preaching you know, a Jesus, we're preaching the gospel that's relationship based. But if mm -hmm. we're not willing to make relationships, it's like, okay, well, if you don't even want to make a relationship with me, how am I going to trust that your God wants a relationship with me too? Wow. You know? So wow. I think, I think that's one of the key things of why we, we are really shifting and there's this shift in SMU towards really doing missions well, doing missions with excellence. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you guys, um, or what would be a great example of a current way that you guys are focusing towards that relational idea of missions? Ooh, um, relational idea of missions. I think something right now, I'm thinking of our serve days. Um, I'll share about our serve days. So we Go have something it. new coming up where I know students right now, they're everywhere. Like we're all in different communities um we're placed in different places this is something okay also this ties back to one collective fresno or one collective in general okay. but like each of us are basically like a catalyst in our communities wherever god has placed us this year um we are a catalyst there and we're able to overflow from the love that god has shown us in our lives um in whatever capacity like maybe we have different needs right now but we all have different neighbors and so something that we're doing with serve days um i'm getting ahead of myself is um <laughs> 
um, we're basically inviting all students to just come alongside us to do these like serve challenges. And so maybe one week we'll be drawing chalk on the floor and empowering those around us during COVID or the next will be going to the grocery store and praying for someone, training the gospel. Mm-hmm. But I really think the relational aspect of missions um, needs to be like wherever you're a consistent presence. Mm-hmm. So even if like, say you're going to go on a short term missions, which is amazing. And I think a lot of like God plants seeds there in our hearts of things that he's drawing us to for the future or long-term um, wherever we're placed right now, we can be build relationships. Like I know, like I honestly haven't really talked I moved into a new neighborhood recently. I haven't really talked to my neighbors, but I have this desire to like build a relationship with them and get to know them and to bear their burdens with like with them. Um, but yeah, I hope I'm making sense. I'm kind of everywhere I feel like. <laughs> I just love the idea of like getting placed somewhere wherever you are and expanding like an overflow. Like you're devoted to God. You love God so much and he, you're pursuing him. You're surrendered to him. You're pursuing him. And from that overflow, the love that you're experiencing, you can build these long lasting relationships founded upon the love that you have for God mm-hmm. because you love them genuinely and you care for them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, so, and I love that word that you're saying, like overflow in Helica, because that's really like our heart for this year, right? So at the beginning of the year, me and Helica came together. Uh, we worked together actually last year in SMU as well. Yeah, Angelica was the team developer for local missions and I was team developer for global. So we knew each other a little bit. Uh, And then we got the director job. We were like, oh my gosh, let's go get ice cream. Yeah, (laughs) and we never got ice cream because of COVID. We never got ice cream. In our hearts, we did. So you guys guys need ice cream. SMU is in debt to you guys for ice cream. Yeah, (laughs) for ice cream. Yeah. All right, that's good to know. But we took some time to pray, you know, and like God gave us this vision for this year. And like, we didn't know any of this would be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, so Angelica, she had this vision for overflow. And I had this vision for reconciliation. And so we said, but God, like, how can we put this together? Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so we got overflowing unity and like, mm-hmm. Angelica, you wouldn't read what overflowing unity is yeah i can i i don't actually yeah i can talk about the overflow part do you want to talk about how yeah. it like meshes totally so when i was like praying it was before i even got the director position um my predecessor joe or joseph lee he was like you should really pray for a vision and i was like i'll pray for a vision and like <laughs> i was just like i started praying and i was like god like if i get this position what should the word be for this next year? And even if I didn't get it, like I'd be praying for this next staff yeah, and like praying absolutely. that this would be the word that would embody them. Um, and like, it took a while for sure. Cause I was just like surrendering it to him. I was like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Hmm. Um, and he just gave me the word overflow. And so naturally I went to Bible gateway and I looked up overflow. <laughs> Very smart. Use your Very smart. I love it. And I was like, what's a good verse that like, I really want, if this is for the next year, let's to embody. And it was second mm-hmm. Corinthians nine, 11 through 13. And basically premise of it is that, um, I think basically it's being surrendered in Christ first, like our relationship with Christ comes first and being in constant pursuit of him and our relationship with him. And then from that, like I was talking about earlier, it will produce this overflow of Thanksgiving, um, in us to God, but also 
it will be something that other people experience around us. They experience his love and they experience his Thanksgiving and it affects them as well in a positive way. Wow. Um, and so that's what I really want. Cause last year I was so busy. Like I was drained and I just felt like I was not doing well. I was like, Lord, like but I need to focus on you. And I really felt like he was like, focus on me and it will just, it will overflow. Like I will overflow mm-hmm. in ways that I could never imagine or want or tr- like strive for. And so that was my vision and then as Stephanie was praying, and then she could share what hers was. Uh, so, yeah, so my heart is ju- really just for reconciliation and unity. Um, and so it comes, like, I have this verse in Colossians 1, uh, 19 to 30, which I would love to read that says, "Yeah, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And I was just reading through this verse, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, reconcile all things to himself, you know, Mm -hmm. by the blood of his cross. And so... We, we match this two together and we got overflowing unity reconciles our heart with God and our heart with people. Hmm. So it is through the gospel coming alive in our lives that our heart is reconciled with, that, with, with God's heart. And from that overflow, there you go, and how you yeah. got the keyword, <laughs> from, our, from that overflow, you know, our hearts can also be reconciled with other people. You know, and we didn't know, like, everything that was going to be happening this year. We didn't know, like, this movement that was going to start, you know, for, uh, to fight racism and systemic mm-hmm. racism and everything that's happening, all the injustices that people all of a sudden are, like, kind of opening their eyes to mm-hmm. and just seeing the reality of the pain of the suffering world. Uh, we didn't know any of that was, hap- was going to happen. But now looking back and you're saying, like, God, like, you knew. You know, like you mm. knew what was going to happen and you put this in our hearts to bring reconciliation and not just reconciliation that's, you know, a vertical reconciliation that's us with God, but also horizontal because that's, that's when your faith becomes actions. Yeah. That's when your faith is no longer dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, some, I, I think that sometimes it can be pretty easy for us to focus in that vertical relationship mm, and just saying like, so as long as I'm good with God, that's it. And I think we see that at Biola left and right. You know, we see this like super hyper spiritual people, you know, who are just like praying all the time. Honestly, I was that person when I first came into Biola. Yeah. Like, I didn't have this vision of God's church and the importance of community and the importance mm. of how I can get to know God more by having good relationships with the people around me. I didn't know any of that. I was definitely the person who was like, I'm praying at five in the morning and not talking with nobody. You know, um, I was that person. So I, there's no judgment there, you know. But I'm saying it's like I've been able to grow. I've been able to understand a little bit more of just like there's so much more of God. Um, and there's so much more for us as well as yeah. sons and daughters, you know, that we don't yeah. have to you know, live like in the way that we've lived through our lives that we can, we get to live in freedom in a way that we can love people well and we can serve people well and we can honor God in all that we do, you know? 
And that's the same for missions. Like we put missions in this box that's, you know, global, you know, like, oh, you have to go to this one country and you have to suffer in some way, somehow you have to come back with a nice picture for your Instagram, you know, and a cool story to tell in order for missions to tell. And that's like, And, and I'm the global director, you know, like <laughs> I, love, I love global missions. That's my heart, you know, yeah. but that's just like so off from what God wants, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much more than just that. His gospel is so much bigger than just a cool story. His gospel is so much bigger than just an experience. And that's why, you know, this year and, you know, with SMU, we're really focusing on doing something that's sustainable the same way that his gospel is everlasting the impacts that we get to make on this on these people and on these communities on these places we also want them to be everlasting as well so that was a little preaching right there but that's kind of our heart oh i loved it add on to that please oh please (laughs) i think like something too like for me because like there's like i think there's people who only focus on the horizontal as well. And that was me last year. I was like working from my limited capacity as a human being, Mm. trying to be Jesus to everyone. And like really trying to like hold everyone, but I wasn't even holding myself. And so I think there's like, I'm like trying to learn the balance. I go from like, you know, I think I'm going back to prayer now. I'm like surrendering to Christ. But then I used to just be like, oh no, I can do it. I have one more breath God has given me. But it's like, no, like, God calls us to rest and, you know, Sabbath and to yeah. just truly give that to him. And then it will naturally work, like, not naturally, it will be hard. It will be really hard to have those relationships, to pursue reconciliation, mm-hmm. but you can really do it well if, like, your relationship with God is good and you're praying and then that those relationships with others you have to focus on too. So there's such a balance in that. Like, can't yeah. just be by yourself praying, which would be so beautiful. And hopefully in heaven, we'll just be able to do that all the time. Oh, please. Yes. Um, but also have relationships with others and care for yeah. them too. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a balance. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, beautiful. Such a beautiful vi- vision that you guys set forth for SMU particularly, but also missions in general. That was truly wonderful. And especially for this time period. And I think it begs a tough question though how is that done in this environment with COVID-19 and like being separated from people in a lot of ways when we're trying to honor, as Stephanie, as you said, trying to honor others and build up others. Um, And also you guys made the comment that these words were given to you with the foreknowledge that this is a season that's coming. So how have you seen this vision and this hope manifests itself in this time period. Yeah. I have a story. Yes. Okay. Yes, she does. That is such a story. Um, so when COVID first started and I moved back to my hometown from Biola, um, I actually randomly met a friend the week before COVID hit. And so like the, it was like spring break. And then we came back to campus for a couple of days and then I was like, dang, we have to move back home. Yes. And I moved back home. But that week before everything kind of went crazy. Mm. I met this random man and I just became a friend to him. And I found out later that he was homeless. Mm. Um, but this adds to the story. Yeah. So I gave him my number because he had a phone, which was su- such a blessing. So we were able to stay in contact. Um, but when COVID hit, like, um, I remember him texting me and like, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the weirdest feeling. I remember telling him cause I had just come from LA and he's an older man. So he was an at risk person and mm-hmm. LA was already a hotspot. I feel like at that point, like we were like, this is oh, kind yeah. of dangerous to be here. Like some people were like, should we move now? Should we move later when it gets worse? Um, and so I let him, like, he had texted me, like, just things that he needed because no one was talking to him anymore. Like, the mm. relationships that he had, everyone was worried mm. because of COVID. And so they kind of just pushed themselves away from him. Wow. Um, and, yeah, it was really hard. I, my heart just broke for him. And, yeah. luckily, like, I had his phone number. We were able to text. But I remember just sitting in my room and I was like, I could wear a mask. I could, like, wear gloves. But honestly, like, I haven't been quarantined for two weeks. And there's something not right in my gut about this. Like, it's Mm. not like I'm worried about getting it from him, but I'm more worried of giving it to him. And I just felt like God was saying like, no, like, which is weird. Like, you know, I feel like God's like, would tell you to jump at the chance to go serve someone and love someone. But in that moment, I remember texting a few of my friends. I was just like, my heart doesn't feel good, but it seems like the opposite of what God would want. Mm. But it was so interesting. And so, yeah, all that to say, like later, like, he was, I was able to connect him with like a church and a place where he could actually go to. And it was yeah. better for him because they could actually care for him better than I could. Mm-hmm. Just me out of my limited co- like capacity trying to like help a friend, you know, Seriously. as much as I could. Um, but it was better for him that he went to like this health center that could actually help him. Um, but yeah, so I think like in light of COVID, like there's so many needs popping up. And so because mm-hmm. of that, and because we're empathetic people and we really care for people, we're like, I want to fill all their needs right now. Like, I want to serve them right now. Everything. The fires, like, I'll bring my fire extinguisher. Like, all those things. Like, <laughs> I'm there. that's people's hearts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah garden so hose. We'll be there. Yeah, I got that hose. Get <laughs> exactly. That <extension. laughs> but it's like, in reality, we can't, like, we have a limited capacity and even more mm-hmm. so now. And now there's all these yeah. new needs popping up. And so I just felt really like humbled in that moment when God was like, Angelica, like you can't help him. Like, not that I couldn't help him. I could go, but like I would risk his health. It wouldn't be helpful. Um, But it's like in my capacity, how could I help a person? And so a lot of us, we won't be able to do in-person service or it will look different or it will look like saving up our money to donate to a neighbor or praying for our neighbor. Mm. Um, And SMU wise for my department, um, we're try- we're creating this like um, more opportunities for people to serve. I know we're partnering with Child Evangelism Fellowship. I think Bobby shared this the first episode actually, hey, and it's like hey, a virtual VBS. Yeah, we can share again. It's a virtual VBS, and they'll be doing that once a week. And then I know that there's um, Gracie B Free Food Bank. We've been partnering with them for years, wow. and because we're not in person as a university, um, we're going to be helping them like hopefully we'll be helping them like set up appointments over the phone, just like different things that take time that you can partner with. Even if it's not like hands-on in person, like you're hugging people, touching people. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's going to look different, but I think God's still going to bless every one of those efforts. Mm. Um, Even if no one sees you and you're praying every day for a specific community for a specific ministry or church because you're not able to serve in any capacity and like that's okay like mm. there's no shame and guilt like this is yeah. such an interesting season and if that's how you're able to serve god will bless it and it will be an overflowing love that will happen whether we see it now or not 
um, God will use it. He will use all efforts. So that's my little blurb. Not so little though. <laughs> you can go ahead, Stephanie. I'll throw it to you. Yeah. So global, it's definitely a big challenge. However, what a better time to reach the ends of the earth than now. Hmm. Like literally with the tool of the internet in, of the internet, like we can reach every place almost every place in the world you wow, know, for true. free. Yeah. Like, come on, global missions, they get expensive <laughs> real quick. Like, let's get real. Like, it's hard. Amen. Like, and I feel it because, like, I don't, like, just fundraising for global, like, it's tough. It's tough out there. Let's just say it like that. Like, I've had to struggle. I've had to fundraise, you know, and it's rough. So mm-hmm. having the opportunity, though, to be able to reach globally, from your home with ac or with a fan whatever you got you know like in your pjs it's a blessing like you Mm -hmm. can all get it like more easy than that so we've definitely had to get creative for sure um i've reached out to a couple of different um missions organizations that we work with already right now that because that's important keeping the sustainability aspect of things there we go um so what we will be doing is that all these places and all these ministries that we normally go to in the winter, they still, they still need to happen, mm-hmm. but they're happening online because they also can't meet in person. Yeah. So they still need the hands and they still need the feet, but they, ha- they need it in an online format. So really the need mm-hmm. is exactly the same, if not even more now. Um, I've been in contact with a couple of places. One example, for example, I've been in contact with the team in Morelia which okay. we've been going to for the past two years um, to that specific um, ministry in Morelia. And they were just telling me about how they've been struggling so hard now with COVID financially. Hmm. And so we were saying, we were talking about that and also how they literally, they need, they need help uh, online. So they offer um, tutoring, English tutoring for the people, for the kids that live there. Um, and so they were saying, we need teachers, we need people, we need friendly people that can talk to us, that can help them with your English homework, you know, and things like that, and just have a conversation with that. Um, and so I was like, we know English, we can help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like something I can totally do. So uh, we're just trying to find different ways in which we can still continue to pour into these ministries that we have, like that we've partnered with for this past two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can continue to be present, you know, and just really say like, hey, I'm committed to this community, you know, in the good times and in the bad times when I get to go and enjoy and be, you know, and hug this kid. But also when I have to do that at home as well, you know, and those kind of ministries provide for so much opportunity of relationship and of preaching the gospel and just sharing Jesus, because literally all you have to do is have a conversation with the kid. Mm-hmm. And so you can talk about yeah. Jesus any day that you want. So it's just different things like that. We are providing like as well an opportunity for those uh, leaders or members who would prefer to extend their, um, their trip and go out during the spring break as well. Yeah. In person, we're also offering that. But it, is, it has been really like something that God's been really putting in my heart is how like really doing online ministry is not something that you're settling for. It's not mm. something that you're, oh, well, wow. I did a mission strip, but like not really because it was online. Like, no, like people mm. need to hear the gospel and you have a way to do that from your home 
it's kind of asking like why would you not take it like yeah. why would you not why would you not preach to the ends of the earth from your home wow you know, it almost makes you think like that way you know especially when yeah. says they're, they're communicating like hey we actually really need the help mm-hmm. um so that's been really just something that god's been putting in my heart and something that i've been trying to communicate to my staff and as well to the leaders, you know, that are working with SMU this year and this, this um, semester, I'm sorry, and just saying like, hey, this is not, you know, we're not playing around. We're not doing a fake mission strip. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're working hard. We're preaching the gospel. We're sharing Jesus, you know. We're going where we're needed. And if this winter we're needed online, then that's where we will go. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that is beautiful. That is absolutely wonderful. I love that. And frankly, like you guys have talked fantastically about the idea of sustainability in missions and how it's important to build relationships and keep those roots with missions going where it's not just a one-time visit and leave and just provide uh, surface level resources for an issue. But then you guys have also talked about the vision for SMU and how you want it to be overflowing unity. And I just think that's so wonderful in the way you've outlined that, but also how that isn't something to be put off for later. The time is now missions is still something that is a high priority, even amongst COVID-19. All that you guys have said has been wonderful. I've got two last questions for you. The first one being, what are some misconceptions of the missions that you do now or the ministries that you do now? Ooh, it's definitely pointing me. So that means I'm going to talk. <laughs> um, misconceptions. I think, oh, I think local missions, it can be hard to, um, to see the importance of it, unfortunately. I think it's because where we are placed, we've been here so consistently. Mm. Um, and you might need to do some digging to see where you can partner and where the need is if you haven't seen it already like i know for me like i've i've lived here i'm in bakersfield i've lived here like almost my whole life and like i know where some of the needs are but i don't know like exactly where i could partner in helpful ways Hmm. um and so i think like the misconception is like for local missions that all it is is um which like in any capacity you can give like maybe support a ministry locally that'd be great but I think I've fallen into like this almost like entitlement to only giving materially like huh. and not really sharing the gospel or like just having that consistent relationship. I can co- kind of become like, I'll admit like lethargic in it hmm. and kind of like not really devote time and energy needed to create a life giving relationship for my friend or my neighbor. Um, hmm. And so I think like the misconception is that wherever you are, there isn't a need or if there is one, you can't adequately like be a part of the solution for it Uh, because you've been there. You've just seen the need so consistently. You're like, Oh, that's just how it is. And so it's kind of like this hopelessness, which is so sad. Um, It's like, we don't want it to be like that. We want to empower people and support them. So I feel like for local missions, that can be it. Yeah. Wow. That's that thank you for sharing. Yeah, definitely. Um, for global, I think that something that a lot of people maybe not think about, but kind of have in the back of their head, a lot of people that something that I've noticed on people that go on 
um, global trips for the first time, they think that like they're like God is not there and that they're bringing God into this country hmm. or into this community or into this place. Wow. And it's like, no, you're not that important. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah. God moves wherever he wants, you know, like he's there, he's everywhere, you know, and he is already at move. He's already moving in this place. He's already, you know, softening hearts. He's already, you know, speaking to people. He's already yeah. rising to people, even in those places where the gospel is not allowed. Hmm. He's already a move there. He's moving and he's alive and he, you know, um, his name in that place. Of course, we need to go. Of course, we need to preach the gospel. Of course, like God will use you in this place. And obviously, if he's calling you to go, that's where he needs you to be at. You know, like that's that's real, you know, but also just saying like, like you're not, you know, like this, this, there's this almost this kind of like savior complex that's in us, you know, uh, I'm just saying like, oh, you know, they literally need me to go. If I don't go there, all these people will die without the gospel. Wow. And it's like, no, if you don't go, God will send someone else. But, mm. you know, like, like they will hear the gospel. Like they will, they will have their opportunity, you know, because we have a God that's righteous. That's yeah. right. So I think that's like a big like misconception that a lot of people don't notice. Um, so that's something that like if you've never been on a global trip before specifically and also local as well, it's just like kind of check your check your heart in that and just saying, God, yeah. you know, am I am I thinking of myself as somebody who's coming to save this country or just a vessel, you know, that's bringing your message that it will be with saving these people, you know? Yeah. So that's like a big thing. But another big thing I've heard as well, um, it's just that it's not sustainable. That's just a waste of money, you know, huh. that yeah. you're just going there and like, what are you going to do in one week, you know, type of thing, um, which is honestly all good, like, arguments. And like I said, with my first experience that I had, I would, if I would have just stayed with that first experience, I would have said, yes, all those are true. Yeah. True global missions, don't, don't go, you know. But now that I've been able to learn and see just like how, um, useful they can be and how God moves so much, not only um, in the students, right? Because the students that are going on these trips as well, like they get to see Jesus in a different context, you know, mm -hmm. they get to love in this community. Like for me, I'll never forget the people that I met in India. I'll never forget what God did in that place and how God called me, you know, and yeah. I keep praying and I keep checking in with them. So it's not just, you know, oh, what well, you did in one, one week, but like literally three years later, I'm still praying for them, you know, mm. I'm still checking yeah. in with them and stuff. Um, so it's also a long, it's a long-term investment as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a big misconception. Um, I had another one. I have a lot of misconceptions. Let's hear one more. Let's hear one more good another one. Another one is like people, people, a lot of people who have a heart for local missions specifically, you know, they're like, well, how can you go globally, you know, if you've never done local or like, why would you uh, go and help other places if like literally the world is falling around us here in the United States, you know? Yeah. And that's something that's so true. Like I truly believe that if you're going globally, you should be investing in your own community because the local church is the hope, you know, like it's what God intended, you know, for us yeah. to be able to make disciples. So it is like, local church is high key you know the, the mm -hmm. important piece on it 
So oh, if you're absolutely. not involved in your local church, you're not going to be thinking about going someplace else because hmm. you're going to go to another local church. So yeah, you're stuck yeah. at the local church either way. <laughs> but um, yeah, something like in something, it's that's a, a misconception just saying like, hey, mm-hmm. both ministries are highly important. And in fact, it's not both. It's not two different ministries. It's one together. Hmm. You know, it's one ministry together. We're here. We're all here to preach the gospel. We're all here to make the name of Jesus known, you know, Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth, you know, and everywhere. Amen. So we get to work together. And if, for me specifically, like God's given me the heart for unreached places, I'll work from over there while you work from over here. And guess what? I get to trust you that you're preaching the gospel in the ends mm-hmm. of the earth, you know, and you get to trust me, you know, that I'm preaching the gospel here at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're gonna get this great commission done. That's the only way we're gonna mm-hmm. get it done. So, so true, so true. Ah, that was wonderful, wonderful. Final question for you guys. You guys have such amazing ministries that you head up. How can people follow your ministry or even get involved with your ministry? Yeah, I think they can follow our ministry. Um, okay, if you have social media, you can follow our Facebook. I believe we have a Twitter too and an Instagram. We constantly post openings in those places of like, whether it's like staff positions, that's, that's going to be in the spring. But the most recent <laughs> will be like internships, um, leadership positions on like, you can lead a missions team during this crazy time, which would be such a blessing, mm-hmm. um, or even get involved in missions conference. Um, we'll also post events there on how you can learn and get more info. We also have a blog, our marketing and communications department. They have created this amazing blog where they've posted and shared stories from past teams. Um, and they've shared more recently um, their initiative that they want to take in communication with our communicating with our students throughout this whole time through the blog. And so that'd be really great if you guys could find that link. Um, it should be connected to if you Google SMU2 on biola.edu. I believe it's connected. There should be a link there. If not, hopefully we'll add it there soon. (laughs) I feel like that's one way to get information. (laughs) We'll add it now because I said it and everyone's going to look for it. (laughs) It will be there soon. (laughs) Hopefully, fingers crossed. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, um, another way, we do have an event coming up on September 3rd at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, Well, actually, let's go back a little bit. Okay. All of September 3rd, we're going to be having a full-on day called SMU Involvement Day where you'll actually get to meet these amazing people and these amazing like missions organizations that we've been talking about. You get to personally meet with them uh, for 30-minute period. So they'll tell you all about how they work, you know, the different opportunities that you get to partner with, not only you know, going in a short-term trip through SMU, but also if you're looking for an internship or if you're looking for a job, if you're graduating, I know I'm starting to look for jobs. So if you're looking for jobs or for internships or if you're just simply saying like, hey, I love to go, you know, to this place or whatever um, for like the whole summer or things like that, they'll be able to provide you with all like everything they do and how you can partner with them. So that will be like all throughout the day. And you'll hear from missions organizations that are local and also global. Um, And then at the same day, September 3rd at 7 p.m. Pacific time, that's where you will see specifically the different ways that you can get plugged in with SMU. So you can get involved with local missions, you can get involved with global missions, you can get involved 
Uh, we have intern positions and also missions conference. So there's truly a position for everybody. Uh, you don't have to be like, oh, I know that this, like it can be a, real, a little bit intimidating and scary to say like, oh, I'm applying for SMU. I know when I was applying for a job, I was like, they're not going to hire me. I don't know anybody, you know, but I would, if you feel like God is calling, calling you like this, like doing missions and, you know, being a good shepherd and just like making disciples, you know, this is something that we're all called for. And that does not look the same for everybody. So bring your, ta your talents, bring your skills, bring your personalities, bring your culture, bring everything, you know, we want it all, the more the merrier, you know, so we'll have different positions for everybody. So don't think that, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to fit in, like, you'll fit in, we'll make you fit in, don't worry about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> we'll welcome you. Yeah, yeah totally. that's it. Well, guys, thank you so much for such a fantastic interview. You guys shared so much great information so thank you for your time it was truly wonderful of course thank you for having us we love you jack you're doing so great <laughs> oh thank you thank you oh yeah for real like honestly just like send him a text or like comment or something because like isn't jack oh. just killing it at oh. this podcast killing it <laughs> amazing oh, at it they can't see but i'm blushing <laughs> it truly is <laughs> his Anyways. face is starting to look like his hair oh so true so true <laughs> one color um thank yeah so thank you guys again and for anybody listening go and check out our instagram smu biola check out the facebook page check out our twitter page check out the blog all of the ways that you can keep up with anything smu also you will be hearing from both Angelica and Stephanie in the future. The hope is that they will be bringing on those wonderful missions organizations that they've mentioned to share more about their platform. And so there will be opportunities to hear from these lovely voices in the future. So keep that in mind. But also, I want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who has been a part of making this podcast a reality at SMU. So shout out to Alexio in the Marcom department of SMU, all of our graphic designers and people working with audio, all people working administration on this podcast. We say thank you. And again, we love you, all of our listeners, and we will talk to you again. Yeah, talk to you. You'll be hearing from us next Wednesday. All right. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>